how are you doing today? <laughs> I am excited. I'm so happy to be here with you today. That's pretty exciting. We are so for everyone out there. I am Paula Chrysler. I'm the executive director of Healthy Savannah. And we are now in our seventh year of bringing Encourage Health. And I just want to land on those two words. That's what we're here to do is encourage health to everyone out there, no matter who you are, even both of us right here. So in market. So um, we today's going to be no less exciting than it has been in the past seven years. Uh, we're looking forward to that. And Franny, of course, or Frandasia, if you look at her name closely, is our awesome, awesome host. And she's been our host for this year. And we hope that that will continue into our eighth year as well. So to that end, Franny, you are just an amazing person, SCAD graduate, master's um, and yoga and all kinds of accolades that you bring to uh, this partnership. So uh, here we are. I'm going to turn it over to you to take the next step. Thank you, Paula. I'm so excited to be a part of this amazing team as my daily work is also about encouraging health and wellness. And I really believe we have all the tools that we need to heal inside us. Sometimes we just have trouble accessing them. So shows like this are really, really valuable, important so that we can all access our tools for healing and wellness and abundance. So I'm excited to be back for show number three of the in-market Encourage Health Live education series. This is going to be an awesome show and I'm excited to be a part of the team. And so we do the show quarterly. It's an online conversation. As you said in the past, it was a public conversation, but we adapt with the times. And so now we're all virtual. And that's a lovely thing because we get to have so many of you be a part of the broadcast and here with us today. And Paula and I get to have our Paul and Franny show us. That's right. You <laughs> colors of pink earlier today. Yeah. I found that I'm wearing shrimp, which makes me feel very happy because coastal shrimp, we're in alignment all as well. <laughs> so you've probably attended one of these in the past, over the past six years. We're so excited to be in the seventh season. And yes, it looks different, but the conversation is still the same. We've been pivoting because of COVID and we're here to continue to talk about all the beautiful things happening in the community and striving forward. Paula, I just found out you're an azalea pink, which is a... Oh, cool. Now, I was wondering now that that fits perfectly. I love yeah. Yeah. I have an azalea in my yard that is exactly the color. <laughs> cool. Speaking of spring, right? Like the yes. spring energy that we're bringing to today's, to today's show. So I'm excited. All right. So how about we get this show on the road? Ready to get I think that's going? a great idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. So the show focuses on ways to improve nutrition, physical activity, and well-being. And perhaps we're reaching out in a new exciting way with this online format. So if you're watching, that means that we want to include you in the broadcast. We invite you to be a part of the conversation. Please do post your questions and comments, and we may pull some of them on the show so that we can discuss them. So join in, be a part of it right from where you are, safely, healthily, healthily at home, if healthily is a word. I made it. it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get going by thanking our sponsor. So starting with our title sponsor, which is In Market in partnership with Healthy Savannah, our media sponsor is the Savannah Morning News. Community partners are City of Savannah and Gulfstream. We'd also like to take a moment to, th to thank the sponsor for today's program. We have WH Gross Construction. Since 1983, the company has completed construction over with over 3,000 residential and commercial properties in the 13 counties that comprise Georgia's coastal region. 
So if you will, let's welcome on William H. Gross, who is a third generation resident of Camden County and the owner and president of WH Gross Construction Company. Welcome, Bill. We're so happy to hey, have Bill. you. Thank you, Franny. Hey, Paula. How are y'all today? Awesome. Good, good, good. Beautiful and shrimp. How are you? <laughs> I love shrimp. I do too. Very, very love good. It. So, Bill, and you. Azaleas. <laughs> and azaleas. And azaleas. Azaleas. We love that Bill is here, and we also love that Bill, you've with WH Grove, you've partnered with Healthy Savannah in a transformational community project that's centered around creating a community garden and providing resources to this community. And we'd love to hear more about it. Listen, Franny, thank you, and I'm so honored to be part of uh, the Healthy Savannah partnership and this and the whole effort going on in Savannah. Um, you know, the, the the senior housing development we have at Live Oak Landing is uh, basically funded uh, through the DCA, Department of Community Affairs. And one of the things that they've done a phenomenal job doing is challenging the developers to to a uh, category called transformational communities. And, you know, while we're supplying the, the tangible housing component, we're really challenged to do the intangibles. And the intangibles are how can we help uh, the residents have a, a better quality of life from health, uh, physical health, mental health, activities, social um, communication. And and some people may not really understand how important community gardens is. Right. It's not just about trying. We're not going to be able to feed everybody with a community garden, but we can through that, we can encourage them to choose better foods, um, to be active, to socialize, and to make it, you know, just that. Active communities makes the difference in so many people's hearts. And so, you know, what what, what I'm learning through uh, Paula and her team and through the whole Healthy Savannah Initiative, I'm trying to take that and spread it throughout the region, all the way from Camden County to Bullock County, and to take the transformational um, concept, you know, Above just the housing, I mean, let's let's take it and make it a contagious um, effort. Okay, so yeah. thank you for the partnership. Is I, I hope that I'm adding something to Paula. I know she's adding something for me. Okay. <laughs> well, Bill, just we are so grateful for everything that you're doing, and I just want to include that. So part of the community partnership that we've already done so far is that we've been able to meet with the leadership at Live Oak Landing, that uh, facility that you just saw, um, and we have been, there it is on screen and we've been able to coordinate with one of our partners in uh, Chatham County and the residents around uh, getting COVID shots. I'm sure they're due back there any day to provide the rest of the residents with their second uh, shot, the ones that were eligible at the time. And we're also working to with traffic engineering at the city of Savannah for a crosswalk to come across Wheaton Street because the address of that development is 1212 Wheaton and right across Wheaton Street, which everybody knows is pretty busy, um, is uh, the Wheaton Market. And the residents here like to walk across the street, but they need to do it safely. So when we talk about really big transformational changes, this is what we're talking about. Let's get the uh, uh, residents safe. Uh, but then at the same time, provide choices uh, that are help make the healthy choice, the easy choice. And we're looking forward to doing uh, more on the community garden as we get going. So, Bill, thanks so very, very much. Thank you, Paula.
Thank you so much, both of you, for sharing. I love that. I love that. Let's let's shout that to all the people in the back. Let's make a healthy choice, the easy choice, y'all. Let's do it. And we're working collectively to do that. So thank you both for sharing the projects that you've been involved with that support the well-being and growth of the coastal Georgia area. We all thank you, and we're so grateful for your presence. So, Bill, in regards to breastfeeding, which is the topic of our conversation today, you have such a lovely position on it, and it's about being the change. I was wondering if you take a moment to just speak about that. Well, Pranny, thank you. You know, I'm a my hobby is reading. And I've come across a book that's just really sums up what we're trying to do. And it's called Upstream. And and the book uh, really kind of tells us about if we're dealing with problems today, instead of just continuing to deal with the problems, let's think about ways to fix the problems. Okay, yeah. think upstream. And, and, and this is so relevant for breastfeeding. I mean, I think there are multiple studies and, and uh, Dr. Marshall is going to tap on it in a minute. But if the children, babies that have been breastfed are, are going to have the probability of them being healthy, uh, more successful in life. There's a direct correlation with that. So I can't think of a better example as a testament for upstream and for transformational. Let's try to figure out how to change things for the positive so that we can enhance it. You know, anything that we do, um, Franny, that we can add uh, value to people's lives really adds purpose to our life. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I agree. I agree. That could not have been more beautifully said, Bill. And I can't think of a better note to say thank you for coming on to. And we know that we'll see you around the coastal Georgia community doing more beautiful work. Everyone, if you see Bill out, say hello. I saw you on the show. <laughs> and um, thank you so much for, for sharing that book read with us. I know right. so many book lovers out there are like so excited to get that encouragement, inspiration into their ears and into their psyche. So thank you, Bill. Perfect. Thank you. All right. We'll let you go back to the beautiful work you do. Have an amazing rest of your afternoon, Bill. Y'all see you later, great. Bill. Good yes. to see you. Oh, and let's keep this rolling. We have so much beautiful energy today, Paula. Are you feeling it? I am. No, it's awesome. It really is. Very cool. And I agree. We've got more beautiful energy coming. But before we introduce today's guest, and we have more in a beautiful energy with this, it's our Healthy Minute brought to you by Healthy Savannah. Here's Michelle Hoskins, Assistant Director of Healthy Living. What's on the tap for today's Healthy Minute, Michelle? Hey, good to see y'all. How are you? I'm feeling your energy too. Thank you for bringing more love to us. Oh no, Michelle, you all know this is a lot of uh, There we go. Back. Okay, I'm hold back. on, Michelle. <laughs> Are you back? Okay. Live things back. happen, people. We're living That's live right. life. So all is well. Can you just repeat that for us, Michelle? Yeah, I was just saying, you know, if you're anything like me, you you felt the allergies, right? You know, the last few days. Wonderful. I love spring, but that, you know, but it's just one of those things. Yeah. But uh and and as some difficulties, you don't know whether maybe you have a cold, maybe you have allergies. Or, you know, if you're experiencing the flu, and by the way, flu season ends in May, so you could very well be experiencing the flu. Uh, or if you think you have COVID conditions, it's hard to distinguish. So we have a chart, and there it is. 
We sent these out, thousands of these out in water bills. You may have already got one. And if you don't have one, you might just screenshot that or you might even pick up a hard copy at our Healthy Hub at Lake Mayor. We, uh, we stock that pretty regularly. And it'll just give you a, you know an idea of what you might be suffering from. And then you and your doctor can figure out what you need to do next. Yeah, and and just you know, it, it avoids the worry. Just don't worry about it. Just uh, figure out what you have and go from there. Hey, I I love that note. Don't worry about it. Figure out what you have. Use the tools that are out here for us and and move forward in your healing. Absolutely, absolutely. Great advice. Great advice. That's such great advice. Because you're right, Michelle. I think. Um, especially just over the past year, we have gotten so just in our heads about it, anxious about every little thing and to just free each other and to say, we're going to be okay. We're getting through this. Here's the tools that we have around us to stay healthy. Right. Let's use them and uh, let's share the news. That's what Healthy Savannah is all about. You know, just uh, use the tools you have and make some decisions, some uh, wise decisions based on what you know, what your risk is and what your doctor said. There we go. All right. Well, thank you, Michelle, for today's healthy minute. Thank and you thank, for having me. Thank you for your energy. And also thank you, Paula and Azalea Pink, for getting us underway today. We'll look forward to seeing you both again soon and continue doing great things. Everyone say hello to Paula and Michelle in the chat. And when you see them out doing awesome things, let them know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so remember, everyone, we want you to have a say throughout today's program. We want to hear from you, so post your comments, and we may read some of them on air. Keep them coming. So today, we are talking about a trending topic that is emerging thanks in great part to a new book that was recently published. The facilitator of the Savannah HOPE, which is an acronym for Healthy Opportunities Powering Equity. So the Savannah HOPE Photo Voice Project is here to tell us about why we all need to better understand the importance of breaking the barriers to breastfeeding, breaking the breastfeeding barriers. So today we have a very special person to my heart, Dr. Nandi A. Marshall, who is also an associate professor and interim associate dean of academic affairs with Georgia Southern University, Jinping Sioux College of Public Health. Welcome, Dr. Marshall. Hello. 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 It's good to see you again, Franny. Good to see you again, too. I love when we get to be in this corner of the world together. You look lovely, and you're, I believe you're doing a version of purple and pink today. You're following. Yes, yes, yes. I hear pink is the color today. There we go. Where we go. We're in our springtime fields, and I'm all for it. <laughs> All right, so Dr. Marshall, your topic today is breaking the breastfeeding barriers. Over the next few minutes, we'll talk about the health benefits for breastfed infants and breastfeeding mothers, the racial disparity that exists for many of those mothers and children, and how business can help, how businesses can help to eliminate those barriers. So let's start out by talking about the good news, what people need to know about the health benefits of breastfeeding, if you will. Absolutely. So there are many benefits, um, just as you mentioned, for children and for moms. And so um, specifically for children, when we're thinking about, well, what can the benefits be for the children? So there's a reduced risk of asthma, obesity, type 1 diabetes, ear infections, so on and so forth. And then also when you think about, you know, the breastfed infants, 
are also getting some of the antibodies and other pieces that the mothers are producing while they're breastfeeding. Um, and then when you think about the mom, because they also have um, have some benefits, which a lot of people don't even know about. So we're thinking about breastfeeding benefits for mothers. There's reduced risk for high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, and even ovarian and breast cancer, which we know are huge topics that we hear a lot about in women's health. But why is this important? Well, when you think about um, those risks, right? When we have some of these conditions, what happens? We have to go to the doctor. We have to utilize the healthcare system more. So when you're thinking about some of the lower rates in breastfeeding, that adds more than $3 billion a year to medical costs. So breastfeeding really can help you save money if you think about it, because we're reducing those risks, which then will reduce our risk to have to go to the doctor or to the ER for some of these issues. Even during COVID, you know, we've had a lot of discussion about, well, what are we supposed to do with COVID? And mothers and those breastfeeding have been encouraged to continue breastfeeding. Um, there was a recent study released uh, on March 25th, which I was really excited to hear about um, because I've been also wondering, and a lot of people have been wondering about the vaccine. And they did a cohort study with about 131 women and found that it was there was a success rate in passing the antibodies from the vaccine, from the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines to those babies um, for those women that were pregnant and breastfeeding. So that's really great and promising news because I know there are a lot of pregnant and breastfeeding mamas out there and parents who want to get the vaccine and are worried, right? Because we're all wondering if this is the right choice to make for us and our kids and so on and so forth. And so this study is really exciting and it came out the 25th and I said, oh, this is right on time for us to talk about today. Yeah, it perfect timing. And I can just feel the deep breath happening in the community yes. as, as as you allow them that information, knowing that it's so it there are studies that are showing that you are doing the right thing mm -hmm. by continuing to breastfeed even in this time because I can only imagine how we feel about ourselves right. amplifies with our infants, amplifies with our children. So Absolutely. thank you for sharing that. There's also an increased social acceptance of breastfeeding. What does that mean, particularly for working moms? So um, increased acceptance, you know, we're talking more and more about breastfeeding. There have been a lot of amazing people who have been really breaking down the barriers, so to speak, on talking about breastfeeding, having breastfeeding more involved in our policies and, you know, like the United States Breastfeeding Committee, all the coalitions, breastfeeding coalitions across the country have been doing hard work. You know, a lot of um, local level folks and IBCLCs and other organizations have really been working hard for years and they're making a lot of traction and it's really exciting. Um, there's action alerts all the time around breastfeeding and laws being passed and uh, proposed around workplace um, support for breastfeeding. And so it's just been really exciting and it's really allowing us to have more of these conversations. Um, but the troubling part about that is that while all this is happening, there are still folks who think there isn't an issue. And if you want to breastfeed, just do it. There's no problems. And so it's important for us to still keep having these conversations because the education needs to be there. And we need to couple that with the policy and the action to make sure that we're able to support folks who do, in fact, want to breastfeed. I love that. And, and, and just to like bring it even closer to home for those of you who are listening, um, and as you are commenting, please share with us your thoughts about the social acceptance around breastfeeding. What barriers did you face as you were trying to go back to work and and had an infant at home that you were breastfeeding? Did you feel pressure to stop breastfeeding? I've heard that story from new mothers saying that they think that they're going to stop breastfeeding because they don't know how they're going to make their current schedules work with their need to to breastfeed and not having spaces at work. And 
and, and, and the anxiety that that brings. And we'd love to hear your thoughts about that in the comments to the mm -hmm. audience. And um, Dr. Marshall, like the work that you're doing is to break down those, those workplace barriers. Absolutely. Awesome. So we know that, um, but with these known benefits, so we, we, we know that it's, it's impactful. We, we've mm -hmm. heard the, the, the studies over the years um, and we know that it's, it's increasing in social acceptance. There is still a racial disparity that prevails. Research has found that non-Hispanic Black African-American mothers, um, non-Hispanic or Black African-American mothers are less likely to breast have to breastfeed compared to other racial and ethnic groups. What are these findings um, telling us about mm -hmm. our situation with, with breaking best free, breaking, oh, I'm having a tongue tie. Please, yes. So, so we, let me take that back so we can be super clear. The sure. research has found that non-Hispanic black African-American mothers are less likely to breastfeed compared mm -hmm. to other racial and ethnic groups. Mm -hmm. And that's on a, on a scale. So, what are these findings telling us? What what what's the closer look about why why we think that's happening? What are the barriers and why do they exist? So when we look at the disparity, right, the differences in numbers, it's really giving us a picture of what's happening, right? What is the data showing us right now? And then once we determine that, you have to take a step further and determine the why, and that's what those barriers are. And so I wanted to provide a couple of specific data points from the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, so infants living in the Southeast, right, which is where Healthy Savannah is and where all of the work that we're currently doing is located, are less likely to be breastfed at six months than infants living in other areas of the country. And so one thing that we've noticed, and I'll, I'll share a few more data points, but one thing that we do notice is over the years, the initiation of breastfeeding has increased, which is amazing. We yeah. want that to continue to happen, but there's still a disparity between um, different racial groups. And then as we move into the three months, the six months, to make it to a year, the numbers continue to drop. And even as those numbers improve, there's still a disparity in between racial and ethnic groups. Um, infants who live in rural areas are less likely to ever breastfed than infants in rural, um, in urban areas. F uh, fewer non-Hispanic Black infants, 73.7%, are ever breastfed compared with Asian infants, which is 90%, non-Hispanic whites, which are 86.7%, and Hispanic infants at 84.1%. Mm -hmm. um, younger mothers aged 20 to 29 are less likely to have ever been breastfed, and the list goes on and on. So those are some of the data pieces. Um, but when we're looking at barriers, the CDC um, also provides us a list of several, some overall barriers that tend to affect everyone. So not just specific um, on one group, but there could be issues with latching, right? So latching is when the baby is actually breastfeeding, okay, and having that latch. Um, there could be concern about infant nutrition and weight. Um, there could be concern about taking medication. So maybe someone is on a medication for something and they're like, oh, I shouldn't breastfeed. So if that's a question that you have, make sure you talk to your doctor before you make that, you know, talk to them. They'll tell you whether or not you can continue to breastfeed while you're on that medicine. Unsupportive work policies and lack of parental leave. And so we'll talk a little bit more about those work policies because that's one of the major initiatives we're working on now. And folks are fighting hard in this country to have more paid parental leave so that that barrier can be taken away as well. Yeah. Also, cultural norms, lack of family support, that's something else we'll mention later. And then unsupportive hospital practices and policies can also be a barrier that has been seen nationwide. Yeah, I'm excited to dive deeper into that and as we move through our conversation. And I do want to just honor and take a moment 
for mothers who have experienced these barriers. Absolutely. Have been personal experiences where where you where you want to do what you feel is best and what you feel is right and feeling a barrier within within these these areas that is preventing you and and that that can sometimes feel really intense and wanting to send love to to I feel an, an urge to send love out there for for anyone who's experiencing that and and to send acknowledgement that everybody's journey is different and you know this personally you have a very beautiful personal experience that explains a lot of why you began doing this research and why you were so inspired to develop to develop the Savannah Hope Photo Voice Project. Yes, and I, I want to say thank you for acknowledging that because, I'll, you know, unless you've experienced it or work with moms who are going through it, you don't understand how hard it can be, how stressful it can be, particularly if you get to a point where you have to stop and you want it to keep going. It can really do a lot to your psyche, to your mental health. Um, you know, for me, I had two different experiences. I have two children and I think they might be watching at their grandmother's house. So hi, Nasir and Kylie. Um, but I have two children. And with my first child, I was a graduate student. So I was in a doctorate program, um, actually getting ready to work on my dissertation, brand new baby. And I knew I wanted to breastfeed. My mom breastfed both of us. She was a huge champion for breastfeeding um, in New York City when she had my sister in the 70s. And so breastfeeding has always been something that was like, you're going to do it. There was no if, ands, or buts about it. So I was excited about my journey. Um, but with my son, we didn't do too well. You know, I I didn't have as much uh, professional support as I did with my second child. And I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I was stressed out and I didn't really know anything other than we're supposed to breastfeed. Okay. I didn't know about latching could potentially be an issue. Maybe when you change the latch or the way I hold them, like all of these things that I know now that I didn't know then. And we ended up um, breastfeeding maybe about four months, but even at four months, I was supplementing by that point where I had gotten to, you know, three ounces of formula and one ounce of breast milk, but it was really stressing me out. I was um, experiencing postpartum because of it. Like it was, it was really hard on me. And my husband and I got to a point where he said, if it's stressing you out more, let's just, you know, focus. You did what you could. It is okay. And he helped me really deal with that, but it was hard. It was really, really hard for me because I had this big idea that I wanted to nurse my son for a year. Um, but again, some of those pieces, I was a graduate student. I didn't have a full-time job. I was um, a graduate assistant working 20 hours a week. I could not say I need to take maternity leave so that I can, you know, bond with my child and get this breastfeeding piece together. I was pumping from the beginning, which was hard for me. And so a lot of those things um, participated in my outcome, right? right? Then when I had my daughter, which was about five and a half years later, by then I was a full-time professor, had my own office, pretty good salary. Um, you know, I could, I had way more flexibility because of my job as a professor. And so with my daughter, um, I also, by then, my, my pediatrician's office had a lactation consultant working for them on staff. So for me, if I had a problem, I need help. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I felt at that point, I felt like I had more agency um, to step up and speak for myself because I had been there. I didn't want to be in that same place. And so because I had all this different support outside of the home, I always had the home support. I was able to, to nurse my daughter for 15 months. That was amazing for me. And then when I took the step back and said, well, wait a minute, it's more than that, Nandi. Think about your health equity research, your, your, your community engagement. What were the differences between those experiences besides the fact that they just nursed four versus 15 months? 
what were some of those social determinants that were in the way? And then that's when I decided I needed to be a part of the change. And so I started with just volunteering. And then this opportunity came up because I've been working with Healthy Savannah so long. And so when we found out there was a breastfeeding piece on this REACH grant, this was where we started this conversation of doing a photo voice project. Wonderful. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. I, and I, through everything that you're saying and all the challenges and everything that you overcame, when you and, and and you and I had this conversation, when you are in a, when a when you become a person in a position where you're speaking about it often, mm -hmm. and when you've done an amazing photo voice project and you have this amazing experience with it, people sometimes think that you didn't one point struggle with it, that you didn't at one point have those pains, that you right. that that you're an expert because you just are. But you're you're saying like, ah, me too, right. I felt that way too. I had those barriers too. And, mm -hmm. and because you felt so inspired by your journey to, to give other women voices and other women empowerment to have a smoother journey any way that you can. And it started with little seeds and mustard seeds grow into these huge Absolutely trees. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful. And I, I appreciate your vulnerability and your transparency saying me too. So many women feel freer right now because uh, they are, they're hearing that the experience is not just them. And I think when we're healing and when we're going through things and transitions in our lives, we are convinced that it's just us uh -huh. and it's very isolating and yeah. you are not alone. You are yeah. not alone. And the work that you're doing is, is to try to help women know that they're not alone and help is on the way. Help is here. Uh -huh. <laughs> so tell us more about the project itself. What is it exactly? Sure. Um, and before I start that, I do want to say that that was one of the underlying um, sort of feeling, so to speak, when we had our group discussion, and I'll talk about that in a minute with the moms, is that I think there was a sense of camaraderie because they didn't feel alone, particularly yeah. when some of them talked about not having the support that they needed. It felt good. And you can see from them that it felt good to be talking with other people that had similar experiences. Yeah. Um, so the project is a part of the larger Savannah Hope Project, which is funded by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's Racial, Racial and Ethnic Approaches to Community Health, their um, CDC REACH program. Um, and it's a partnership between Healthy Savannah and the YMCA of Coastal Georgia. And there's many other partners that are involved, specifically um, for the breastfeeding piece, though. It's us, Georgia Southern University. So thank you, Georgia Southern, for always supporting my big ideas. <laughs> um, Chatham County Health Department, of course, Healthy Savannah and the YMCA of Coastal Georgia. Um, and what we did was we had a photo voice project. So I facilitate a photo voice um, with the assistant of, assistance of my graduate assistant. Shout out to Christina Cook. Uh, she's a first year doctoral student. And I'm very proud of her. Um, but Photo Voice, for those of you that don't know, it's a, a community engagement tool where the idea is to really give the voice back to the community. So often we go in and say, this is what's wrong with y'all's community. You need to fix it or I'm going to fix it. That's not how we do community work. And I try to stress that whatever I am, wherever I am, what, whatever conversation I'm in, if we're going to have community changes and community solutions, it needs to be driven by the community. So we give them cameras and we say, hey, here's some things that, you know, you may have experienced. Tell us about it. Tell me what you experienced. And so um, some of the prompts that we gave them were to focus on barriers around social, cultural, and physical barriers. And so the moms took the cameras. They took pictures. Um, I met with them one-on-one. -on -one. We had conversations about what they took and why they took. We provided them with journals. So they took notes just to make sure they didn't forget anything. And then after we did all of that, we got the women together and we had a, a, a group discussion. 
Okay. And in that group discussion, we did some of the same types of conversations that we had, but then it was fueled by this method called showed, which is essentially a method about what do we really see here? What's happening and what can we do about it? The what can we do about it piece is so big because with photo voice, it's not just about tell me what y'all think the issue is, but also what can we do to fix it? How can we support the community to fix it? What can we do together? And that's really where that action comes into play. Photo Voice is also about action and advocacy. And so it was really important that we have those conversations um, with the women. And so we have been working on it for about two years, which means what? COVID came <laughs> So, you know, um, I think we've all been affected by COVID. Some in positive ways, some in negative ways. Um, COVID has really changed our lives and I think flipped everyone over this last year. Yeah. And it has forced us to change and think outside the box. So the same way that we've taken this in-market health series live, we had to do the same thing with our conversation. So our group conversation ended up being on a virtual platform. Um, and so I was really worried about that because, mm -hmm. you know, in-person conversations and those group dialogues can be so rich and you worry that you might lose that, uh, you know, in a, in a virtual platform, but it still worked out well. And I think it's because these women were passionate about this. And I think that that's what helped so much. It wasn't just, oh yes, I experienced it, but they experienced it, but also felt like something needed to change and wanted to speak up. And so I think that that helped um, with what we were doing. Um, but, you know, the whole point of this is taking the data and really making some changes. So that's where we are now. Yeah, definitely. Um, wow. Just the, what a story with with this whole project. And I love that you're talking about the mountain that it has been. All things come with effort. Uh, and we have the, we have your cover for the Photo Voice Project, and it's very special to you. This cover is special to your heart. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. So um, originally, the cover that I wanted to have for our book was once we finished our in-person conversations, then we would take a photo of the mothers who participated with their children. Like, that was the whole idea. But again, COVID, so we couldn't get them together to take this photo. So we were kind of thinking, okay, let's have something maybe artistic or a picture of, you know, what do we do? What do we do? And so I remembered about this picture. So this is actually me breastfeeding my daughter. Um, as you can see, the the if you're looking at the picture, you can see the tree, right? You see a tree yeah. on Kylie's face, and then you see the roots right on my breast area. And so there was a campaign around the time that I was nursing my daughter called the tree of life, where everyone was using this app to create the tree of life photos while you were breastfeeding. It was a way to really normalize breastfeeding and women were posting it and parents who are who are breastfeeding, posting it all over the internet. And I remembered this picture and I showed it to our breastfeeding team and everyone loved it. And I said, okay, let's do it. And so that's how Kylie ended up on the cover of this wow. book. Um, and I love, this is one of my favorite pictures um, just because of what it represents. And so, yeah, that's how this picture ended up here. That is such a beautiful story. And what an awesome memory for you to have with her forever. And to yes, absolutely. be able to spend more time with that. I did want to know, do you have information on how someone want, if they, in the, if, if not now or in the future, how the Photo Voice book can be accessed? Yes, absolutely. So these books here, um, the larger books, make sure everyone can see that, okay? Yes. So the book is pretty large. Inside it has pictures of the mothers and some information. Um, but on the Armstrong campus, Georgia Southern University, 
in Psalms Hall. So where the College of Public Health is located, we actually have a hard copy of the book. You just come in and talk to, if I'm on campus, you can talk to me or talk to um, Ms. Candace McCray, and we can allow you to look at the book. We don't allow it to leave the premises though, because we just have that one copy um, on campus. Healthy Savannah has a hard copy, um, as well as one of the locations um, of the YMCA of Coastal Georgia. However, one other piece that's coming is um, Healthy Savannah is currently working on the breastfeeding section of the website, and we did create a virtual link for the book. And so it'll be up there soon. There you, can, you don't even have to come in person. You can look at it online. Uh, there's a question. Can we get it at the library yet? Not yet, but we are working to get copies at the library. So hopefully they'll they'll be there in due time. And just to let you know, Dr. Marshall, you have so much love in our chat today. Everybody wants to say hello to you and thank you for being here. So I wanted to make sure Aww. you knew that. If there's thank anything. you, thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I'm happy to have you here. And one of the main things that we really wanted to focus on today, when I was talking to Dr. Marshall, and we've been talking for the past couple of months as this project has developed, and you are very excited about the Photo Voice Project and you love all the talk about um, breastfeeding and all the statistic and information, but your main initiative is for change and for policy change. So the Photo Voice Project is a part of a bigger project to make Savannah a more breastfeeding friendly community. So what other steps are a part of this initiative? I know the Photo Voice book and what else is going on? Right, absolutely. So um, one of the things that we wanted to do, right? So this this piece that you mentioned is um, becoming a breastfeeding friendly family, family friendly community, okay? And so in that, um, there are several steps that you have to take to be able to get this designation. Um, along with those steps, though, we also wanted to make sure that we were partnering that with the barriers that the moms actually told us. And so some of the barriers that the mothers um, experienced, they mentioned lack of public spaces for nursing, right? So yes, we want folks to be able to feel comfortable to breastfeed wherever they want. Um, but sometimes it's nice to have a quiet space. <laughs> so that's one of the things we're working on through the policy. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Um, there were discussions about um, looks of disgust and disapproval. Yes, in 2021, folks are still looking at others who are breastfeeding um, with disapproval. And so that's a piece that we want to absolutely change, right? Um, and then some of the recommendations that they shared were increasing those friend breastfeeding friendly spaces, but particularly in the Black and African American community. And so that's one thing that we, we do want to look at in the future, um, increasing lactation support. I talked about that earlier from my own journey, having peer support groups, and then more representation of Black and African American mothers breastfeeding. And so before I talk about the policy, I do want to point that specific piece out. We say over and over again in every aspect of life, whether it's movies, whether it's your college professor, whatever it is, that representation is important. Folks right. want to feel, you know, that they can trust or they want to feel that they can necessarily maybe resonate with the person they're working with. And so oftentimes when we see images, we don't see people who look like me. Right. And so it's important that everyone sees themselves in these images to say, oh, yes, I can do that. That yeah. is something that we do. Right. Um, and so with the policies, what we're focusing on right now are workplace policies, breastfeeding support policies. So essentially, when someone's returning back to work, they know that their organization or their company has a policy that says we support your breastfeeding journey. You're allowed, you know, you get these, you know, 15 minute breaks we can provide a room, a lactation room that's clean and not a bathroom because that's right. something else the moms talked about was that oftentimes when they were in public and asked if there was a room, 
people would tell them to go in the bathroom. No one wants to eat in the bathroom. No. Okay. Like if, if this is the first time you're hearing it, please do not suggest that women who are looking for a private place to go in the bathroom. It's mm. it's frustrating. <laughs> the light of a better place, you know? Yeah. I don't even take a drink in the bathroom. Let exactly. Alone. Exactly. Yeah. And so with these policies, you know, we're really trying to make that as a part of of this piece because one of the things in that designation is that you have community support right what better way to then for our businesses where our our community go in and, and we patronize these businesses we support these businesses then for them to step up and say we support you and mm. so this is one of the things that we're doing um and so also another piece of it is a proclamation from the mayor and so uh, we've contacted the mayor to get a proclamation and so we're working on these things and we're doing you know we're, we're getting there like we have a lot of other pieces we're also working with glow lactation um, with shante gadson who is providing peer support groups and a peer leadership program for moms in chatham county um and then also we're working to su provide support to our baby friendly hospitals um which is a really really excellent thing that we have baby friendly hospitals in chatham county because that means that they're supporting breastfeeding from the door no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They want to make sure that they can support your breastfeeding journey. All right. And there you have it. That's what's happening. This is what's on the table, everyone. So be a part of the change and help push these things through. Absolutely. Your, your work doing this, Dr. Marshall, and I'm not surprised by this, and I don't think anyone listening is, you've received national attention for this work because it, it's such a global, it's a global thing that we're going through. It's definitely a national thing that we're going from going through. You see, you've received attention from organizations, several which we have listed listed here, which have invited you to be on their boards. So how do you anticipate this national lens helping and being a part of your project work? Well, one thing that I think is really important, um, you know, is resources, right? So, and resources doesn't just mean um, financial resources. There are so many other resources, like the amount of connections that I have made just from being involved with USBC, um, and working with Nacho, who actually provides technical assistance for the grant, we have been able to make so many connections that one, expose us to, to strategies that maybe we didn't consider or, or partnerships that can help us further the ones that we're interested in. And so those resources are really key to helping us move forward. Um, and so for me, I think that's one of the biggest pieces um, in making those connections. I completely agree. And mm -hmm. this, this work and all that it's done has created some buzz and it's created mm -hmm. some progress and it's created um, a quite a quite some stuff that you're quite excited about to say the least. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So if you saw our teaser, which I think was posted, I don't know, maybe Wednesday. Yeah, I mentioned that there was a surprise. Um, and it's one of those surprises that we're very excited for. Yeah. Um, and so actually, I have two surprises now. And so I will start with the first one. So as I mentioned a few minutes earlier, we are working towards that designation. And so that first step of the designation is to get a proclamation from the city. Well, 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 yeah. let me tell y'all, I cried like a baby when I found out that we got the proclamation signed. <laughs> so I am so happy to share um, that not only did we get this proclamation signed, um, but Mayor Johnson and Savannah, thank you, thank you, thank you, has declared April 2nd, which is tomorrow and also my birthday, Breastfeeding, Chest Feeding, Family Friendly Community Day. 
So I am super excited about this. Um, and I don't know this to me. I think this was one of those pieces where we all took a deep breath and just felt so proud of the work we were doing and, and felt like we were on the right track. Um, and then the second announcement that I wanted to make is we actually have our first organization who has signed on to be a partner. They have already created their workplace policy. Um, and my graduate assistant is actually meeting with them next week to help them identify lactation spaces in their main office. And so I would like to give a special thank you to Mike Hostelo and his law firm. Um, and I did want to read a quick piece that they wrote that just made me feel so proud and I wanted to share it. So Mike Hostelo Law Firm has 12 locations serving Alabama, South Carolina, and Florida. Nine of those locations are in Georgia, so that's huge. And I know there are a couple in Savannah. With just over 100 employees and growing, the Mike Hospital Law Firm has been serving clients for 30 years in areas of personal injury, accident injury, wrongful death, medical malpractice, and workers' compensation. We are proud to partner with Georgia Southern University and Savannah Hope through the Public Health Department to implement our breastfeeding and chestfeeding policy and share that we support our employees in breastfeeding and are committed to being a safe, place for lactation support. I wish I could explain and convey how much this means to us. We have been working so hard. Um, so I also want to take the time just to say a special thank you to our staff contact of Deidre at Healthy Savannah with Shantae from Glow Lactation and Christina Cook. We, we have been a great team and I enjoy working with them, but without them, we couldn't get any of this done. So I just want to also include that special thank you to them. It takes a village. Absolutely takes a village. You have so much love in the chat. How amazing. Congratulations. Everyone is so excited. Thank you. Thank you. Such beautiful news and such perfect timing. And it really does tell us like things happen in, in the time that they're meant to. And um, it may feel like when you're in the battlefield, like you're never going to get to the end of it. But it, but there <laughs> is sunlight, right? Like when the mustard seed is this small, you don't ever see it growing into a huge tree. But just exactly. Until you look up one day and there's this tree. And there's a great, and right. so people are here to celebrate with you. This is a community win. And as we continue to grow and continue to, to hone down and to, to make decisions and to work together, because you know what they say, and I, I love the proverb, the African proverb of if you want to go quickly, you go alone, but if you want to go far, you go together. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. We're going together. We're going mm -hmm. together on this and we're going together in so many different ways. That's why we do this show. That's why it was so important to hear you speak on this topic. I know so many people feel heard and supported right now. And that is the objective of the In Market Encourage Health Series, to, mm -hmm. to make sure that others feel supported, to make sure that you feel heard, to, to provide tools for the things that in the areas and for the things that you're working through and healing in and are asking mm -hmm. for information about, to increase health literacy in our community. Yes. Really hope that everyone could take away from from this program, something special for them, something that helps you lead a healthier life. Dr. Marshall, on your ending note, just what can everyone take away from today's program? If you have one last note to say, why does everybody need to hear this message? So um, I think I'll say my last note or maybe last two notes. <laughs> um, the first one is that, you know, breastfeeding is natural. Um, it's important that we support folks who want to breastfeed. It's important to encourage folks to want to breastfeed. I am not the person that says breastfeeding is the only way. What's most important is that baby is fed, but we want to support and we want to make it comfortable. And again, just provide that community of support. It's the recommended first food for babies, breast milk. And so 
We want to make sure that we're encouraging folks. People should not feel discouraged or shamed because they want to breastfeed, whether they're at home or in the street. So let's provide that community support. But then the other half of that is if you want to do more, call me, email me. I'm happy to help you and, and get you linked in with some of the resources in Savannah and some of the things that are happening in Chatham County. Um, this is a time, like if you are inspired by anything I said, even if it was only a half a second, talk to your employer today before you leave work. Talk to your employee when you get there tomorrow. Do we have a policy? If not, I think we should have one and I know who can help us. We're happy to support you. Um, we have a, a whole uh, a template for the policy um, and we provide breastfeeding friendly stickers to everyone who signs on from the Georgia Department of Public Health. Um, and also we have a toolkit. So there's not a lot of work for you to do. We, we are providing everything. If you need us to draft a policy for you, we will do that. And this is not um, a paying piece. We're doing this because we're working to, um, you know, to get the community in, in, in a better place around breastfeeding support. So you don't have to pay me anything. And my students, like we're helping you to get these policies. So email me, call me, let me know how I can support you. If there's something else that you would like to add to this, let me know. There, you know, there may be a piece we can come talk to your community group or, you know, your church or whatever it might be. Yeah, and let's put up Dr. Marshall's information one more time for all of you who just heard that and feel encouraged to be the change and to be a part of this change and these initiatives. Reach out to her. Let us know how we can assist you, your community, your organization, your company, and in, in getting a part, being a part of breaking these barriers. And it's, it's a very important conversation. And as you see, it's already starting to make headway. Be a part of that. Be a part of it as it's moving so that you can know that you did everything that you could to be supportive in the right areas and to make change. And just for one last note, let's let's revisit the lovely book cover for the Photo Voice Project. Can you let our viewers know one more time where they can access this and how they can see it? Because I'm, so, I'm sure so many people want to read it and look into the pictures. Absolutely. So um, Armstrong Campus, Georgia Southern University, so in Abercorn, um, in Psalms Hall, which is where the College of Public Health is, we have a hard copy. Healthy Savannah has a hard copy. Um, and the main location for the YMCA of Coastal Georgia has a hard copy. We will have the electronic book up on the Healthy Savannah website soon. Um, if you want to see the, the electronic book before then, if you shoot me an email, I'm happy to send you the link um, before we have it posted on the Healthy Savannah website. Beautiful. I am excited myself to see it, to spend more time with it, to share it. I'd like to encourage all of you to do the same. Reach out to Dr. Marshall and let us know, even after the broadcast, how you felt about today's show, what was impactful. And if this was special to your heart, please share that with us. I know Dr. Marshall really appreciates those words. As you see, she's very affirmed by this work. It, it really lights you up. And I think that's why I feel so passionate and close to you in, in such a, a prophetic way. I just really, and I enjoy your passion and I'm so excited that I was able to be a part of spreading this message with you. I know you are a very, very busy professor, a very busy associate dean. So we will let you get going back to all of what is the rest of the work that you have to do to keep this going. Thank you, Dr. Nandi Marshall for, for your expertise about breaking the, the breastfeeding barriers We've learned three important messages. There are numerous health benefits for breastfed infants and breastfeeding mothers. There is a racial disparity that exists for many of those mothers and children, and we can help eliminate those barriers. We thank you. We appreciate you. We're grateful for you. Thank you, Franny. It's always a pleasure to talk with you and spend some time with you. So I, I really appreciate it today. And thank you to all of our viewers. Um, I really hope that um, we've inspired you in some way and have a great day.
have a great day to you too, Dr. Marshall. Happy spring. Ciao. Oh man, what an amazing chat, everyone. We enjoyed all of your comments and all of what you shared. We hope you feel seen, we hope you feel heard, and we hope you have the tools that you need to continue to be the change. If you're enjoying this series, our next show will be Thursday, July 1st, 2021. We'll be talking with Courtney Collette Connor, a dietitian with Medical Nutrition of the Low Country, who will be present, who will present food myths, focusing on how easy and affordable it can be to connect the dots between eating well and lowering the risk for chronic diseases. So this is a super important topic right now in our community. We do hope that you'll join us next time on the In Market Encourage Health Education Series Live. Again, that's Thursday, July 1st at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Streams right here live on Healthy Savannah's Facebook page. While these broadcasts are free and open to the public, we would appreciate your virtual RSVP at healthysavannah.org slash Encourage Health Live. Just click on the Encourage Health link and we'll send you a friendly reminder when the show dates draw near. If you'd like to watch today's show again, because of all this beautiful energy, rebroadcast of all of our programs will be available on Healthy Savannah's Facebook page and In Market's Facebook page. And we'll broadcast, um, we'll rebroadcast on the City of Savannah's Government Channel 8. You can also download this program as a podcast from savannahnow.com slash podcast. You can listen to that anywhere, no matter what you're doing. Again, we'd like to thank today's guest from the bottom of our hearts, Dr. Nandi A. Marshall, Assistant Professor and Interim Associate Dean of Academic Affairs with Georgia Southern University, Jinping Sioux College of Public Health. And thanks to you all for sharing your time with us today, your energy, your love, Stay healthy, stay well. We'll see you next time on the In Market Encourage Health Education Series Live. Ciao.